Victory Podcast. What a week for the Tennessee Titans. What a week for Titans fans. What a week for the NFL. Uh, welcome into the second Victory Podcast. My name is Austin Nelson. I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Brett Batchelor. What's up, buddy? What's up, Austin? How are we doing tonight? I'm good, man. Uh, just you and I tonight, Chris, is on va- vacay at the beach. I hate that he's missing this one because I know he wants to be here for this, <laughs> yes. but we'll uh, we'll catch back up with him. Um, before we get dive into and get started, stop what you're doing, pause the podcast, and make sure you follow us on Twitter at Second and Victory. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe, leave us a review, rate five stars for the whole, whole shebang. Um, you can find us on broadwaysportsmedia.com. Um, make sure you go to broadwaysportsmedia.com and get all your latest Titans news, um, all your latest Julio Jones news. There's a teaser for you. Um, Nashville SC, the Nashville Predators, and everything in between, all your gambling advice is on there as well. You'll see me sometimes uh, writing things from time to time. Um, and we're also brought to you by 440 Sports. So, as always, BroadwaySourceMedia.com. They just dropped a sweet – I don't know if you saw that, Brett – a sweet uh, new shirt after the Julio signing. So go get get you some some merch as well. So, uh, well, dude, we – I mean, this is not an emergency podcast by any means. We've been on our our regular night. But, dude, what a time to talk about. (laughs) A week ago, dude, we literally had a podcast saying, is it going to happen? Like, when, when will it happen? Is this for real? Are the Titans legit contenders? It happens a few days later on that Sunday. Where, long story short, I'm at the hospital. We don't have to dive into it. Uh, everything's good. Mama was in the hospital. We're good now. Everything's okay, fine. Okay, okay, Everything, good. Every, everything's cool. Okay, good. So, that, so, was it Sunday? About Sunday morning, mid morning, about brunch time. Um, dude, my phone just starts blowing up. Julio, Julio, Julio. <laughs> and I was like, what? Are you serious? What happened? The, the nurse was in there. Uh, so I literally did went to that little bathroom inside the, the room and I just locked the door and I was like, y'all do your thing. I have some business to attend to. Um, but I say that to say all this, dude, the Titans got Julio Jones. Can you, got can, him. You, can you believe no, it? No, no. It's one of those things that where you get your hopes up and even when your hopes are up, you're still like, man, there's, this is a generational guy. It's one of those, like, man, it's like one of those things where it's like, I can't believe that this guy is playing for my team. Like, I mean, it's like, it's kind of going to be like, say Derrick Henry doesn't finish his career as a Titan. It's going to be like, if he goes off somewhere to finish his career, this, they're going to be like, hey, we got the Derrick Henry to play on our team. That's the way Titans fans are feeling. It's like, it's the, who, like A.J. Brown said, we grew up watching Julio just dominate the entire league. And I know that you and Chris are a little bit older than me, but I mean, it's still, but not by that much though. So oh. I mean, just grow, we all grew up watching Julio, yeah. watching Calvin Johnson. And the fact that you can say the Julio Jones, Hall of Famer, by the way, is on the Tennessee Titans with still a lot left in the tank as well. Yeah, this isn't one of those like Andre Johnson signings or Randy Moss at the end of his, his right, career. Like, right. like Julio still has a lot left in the tank. A lot. A lot, a a lot, lot. left. So we're getting Julio. Would you have loved him maybe two years ago? Of course. Well, of course, of course. But I think at the age of 32, like I, I truly do think Julio's at least got about four, if not five years left in it. I think, yeah, I think there's three or four prime years left in yeah. Julio. And I think, honestly, I could see there still being at least six years of Julio, but three to four more years of prime Julio. Sure. Do I think – I know we're just getting started with this. Do I think Julio Jones is his career with the Titans? No. Probably not, but – Probably not. It's probably like a Randy Moss scenario. But it would, be, it would be very cool if he did. Oh, my gosh. I just, just, just thinking about I'm, – I'm, I'm thinking 
with the money aspect of it, like I feel like if Julio does play his ass off these these next couple of years, he's gonna want the another bag. Of course. But the Titans have some people to pay. You gotta yes. pay AJ Brown. You have to probably pay Jeffrey Simmons. Like there's people yep. to pay. Um, and I know that's gonna happen in due time. The Titans are gonna you know, probably lose some players in that time span as well. Um, as often too. So that's just but, me think, thinking out loud here. But just it, you're right though, Brett. Just to go back to your point, like it's it's hard to believe and kind of comprehend the titans have julio jones <laughs> that's a household name like the household name this is a poverty franchise when it comes to wide receivers yeah the titans have never had a, a, a julio jones no. in the history of their franchise some people say that aj is probably already the best receiver in titans history and he's you played can, two, and he's played two years you can argue that yes he's yeah. definitely a a top three four i think he's receiver. already top three probably Already top three. I mean, the Titan. Like, <laughs> if you go back and think about all the Titan draft picks, um, receiver wise, you, you could talk about the DGB. You could talk about uh, yeah. Justin Hunter, Kendall Wright, Kendall Wright, Kenny uh, Britt. Kenny Britt. Kenny Britt had a, a, a year or two, but it wasn't. He was now Julio Jones. It's uh, just seventh round go. Go trade McBride. <laughs> my guy, my guy, Trey McBride. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Um, but the Titans have never had a Julio Jones. They've never had a Calvin Johnson, a DeAndre Hopkins. Like this is the chance. Now we we think AJ's that. We definitely think AJ's that. Yep. Um, but you could get a Julio Jones. And the cool part about all of this, now that everything's come out about it, I think the cool part about this is that John Robinson is all in. Yes. He wanted Julio Jones from the beginning, the start. Yep. As soon as there were trade talks about it. He said, you know what, this is it. This is the guy I want for my team. Somebody we got to go get. Yep. He did his homework on Julio, taught, had countless conversations with Nick Saban. Not, not Dan Quinn, not his former Falcons coaches. Nick Saban. Who was he at Alabama? What's he like now? Do you still talk to Julio Jones? Does he come back to the program? And, of course, Nick had nothing but good things to say about, about Julio. And I think that just it, it speaks about him. It speaks about the type of culture the Titans are, what we the Titans have built, what John Robinson has built. And yes. he just fits right in like a glove. So it's a perfect match made in heaven. And it's one of those guys, Julio is somebody that you don't hear from often off the football field. And the Titans love that. I mean, as I went and looked at Julio's Instagram the other day because the NFL had tagged him in a post. Speaking of that, the social media buzz on the Tennessee Titans right now is off the charts. Something yeah. that has they've never experienced before. But uh, Julio was tagged in the picture and I went to it and I realized I didn't follow him. So I was scrolling through his post and you know how like, when you click on a post, you can just scroll down. You don't have to go back to their main page. Yeah. So scrolling through his posts, I went through like three of them. And the next one I saw was in like 2018. I was like, 2018? And I went to his page. He has like 15 posts, maybe. And he posts like once or twice a year. His Twitter's not very active. He's a guy that uh, it's in interviews and he's on the field. Other than that, he just Julio does Julio. And I think that that's something that the Titans absolutely love. I don't know if you saw that video that Mike Herndon found on Twitter, um, about a six-minute video the Falcons put out a year ago, I believe, during training camp. Um, and it's he, he's mic'd up, and it's about a seven-minute video that I, I watched the entire thing, but it's just watching him interact with not just his wide receivers, but coaches, the defense, his teammates. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch him interact with the, the, the personalities the Titans have. We know that Taylor Lewan, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, you know, Tannehill's even got a, some swagger to him. But just how he'll fit in in our locker room, it, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Even the defense. Yeah. Those guys on the defense, yeah, that'll be fun uh, that he'll, he'll connect with. So it, iron, sharpen, iron sharpens iron, and I think getting this kind of guy to sharpen 
everybody on on this team is it's, yeah. it's, it's beautiful, and the Titans are very 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 lucky to get them. You make a good point mentioning the defense. I know we all remember it a couple years ago when the Titans shut out the Giants in the Meadowlands doing the remember the Titans defense. You speak yeah. of the swagger. That's something we saw on the offense last year. AJ and Derek and those guys getting in the end zone to celebrate together. And like we said, Julio, not necessarily that showboat guy, but the team guy, because you mentioned the video that, that Mike Herndon had tweeted out. And I've seen videos before, too, of Julio working with receivers one-on-one. Hey, here's where you take this many steps in your route. This is where you need to catch the ball. This is where you need to hold the ball. Always looking out for his guys. And for a guy like AJ who looks up to him so hard and called him basically his idol, tried to say, hey, here's my number. Here's what I need to do. It's going to help in the long run because these guys want to play with somebody like this. And they know that they're going to help them in the long run because it's freaking Julio Jones. And that's the best addition you can add to your offense. I think to the, the cool – going back on something else now is – how the trade happened, how it went down. Um, we've seen that it's been in the works for a while now. The conversations, um, the Falcons were talking to other teams. Other teams backed out because of the asking price. Jay Rumps stayed still. He didn't budge. This is my guy. I'm going to get him no matter what. I'm going to find out. It's going to make sense to our team, but I'm going to go get him for the right price. Um, he was on Percy Priest Lake on a <laughs> pontoon boat. When it made when it became official, how cool is that, dude? How there's nothing more J Rob than that. Mm. Probably wearing flip flops and Titans polo. No doubt, bro. Yeah, uh, had a dip, had a dip in his mouth. Yeah, um, I think that's you, fantastic. And, and you mentioned about where you were. We were texting the morning that it happened. Yeah, because we were both, or I was watching sports, and we were all texting in our group chat. And I was like, hey, they just said on sports that it could be a while before we hear Julio because Julio's patient. The Falcons are being patient. The Titans are being patient. And then literally after we all text about that and like maybe an hour and a half later, he was coming to Nashville and you mentioned what you were doing when it happened. I was, I was literally sitting in church because I was texting you guys before I went to church. I was sitting in church and my phone starts ringing and I, I ended it real quick and I texted my brother. I was like, my brother was calling me. I was like, Hey, I'm in church. What's up? Call me again right away. So I, I stepped out of the service real quick because it was at the very beginning I said, hey, bro, what's up? What's up? What's going on? Because he called me twice in like two seconds. I was like, all right, something's up. Something's yeah, up. it's I an emergency. You got yeah, yeah, to answer it. It's an emergency. And he, was, he was like, did you see it? I was like, what? He goes, Julio's coming to Nashville. And I was like, so then, of course, I had all over Twitter and checking it all and absolutely freaked out just because it's like you mentioned, it's at that household name that you don't expect to be on your team, but it's all of a sudden on your team. And I think it's because a guy like Julio moves the needle for everybody. It moves the needle for the Titans as a football team, as a national uh, brand. Um, he's somebody that that people watch, flock to. So um, that move told me that John Robinson is in win-now mode. He is serious about a, a Super Bowl. Um, does this make the Titans Super Bowl contenders? I it's they get, it's a better shot, Brett. It's better than than AJ Brown and a Josh, lot shot. Josh Reynolds uh, yeah. on the offense. Yes. Um, yeah. So now that you have a guy like him uh, to to help your offense out, it's, it's going to be so much fun to watch and um, just a locker room leader. And I think I think Julio still has a bad taste in his mouth too from his Super Bowl experience. I do too. I you don't do think too. He, you don't think he wants to try again with the new team? Oh my gosh! Yep. As strong so, as physical as he is, knowing that he's still got some in the tank. The one video that I always go back to, is, it's been posted a million times, and I know that you've seen it too. That video is from the back corner of the end zone of him in New England when he goes over the head of the DB and just rips the ball out of his hands. Uh, I don't think it was – no, it could have been the playoffs. But, uh, but just how strong he is. Because people are now talking about how physical this Titans offense is going to be because they know how nasty 
that Lawan and Sapo and all those yeah. guys can get. And then when you have a monster like AJ Brown and Derrick Henry, and just add the physicality of Julio Jones, just that one, two, three, as a lot of people now are calling them the four horsemen. We throw Tannehill in there. Shout out to Rhett Bryan, friend of the show, uh, for, for naming them that. It's a great name. There, there are – I mean, there are no limits for this offense of what it can, what it, what it can possibly do. I agree. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is there a good nickname? Have they figured that out yet? I've seen the Tantastic Four for Tannehill. Yep. Not I, it's okay. Red Brian called him the Four Horsemen. I believe yeah. that's what it was. It's going to take some time to to to, to figure and, that out. And, and you know, you know when we're going to get it. When we're going to get it is when some unbelievable play happens yeah. and probably like the second or third game and Mike Keith and his greatness is something that's just going to roll right off his tongue and it's going to stick. 100%. And it's going to stick. Yep. 100%. Speaking speaking real quick of wide receivers, I, I found an article. Now, this one's from 2018. So this is pre-A.J. Brown, okay? But this is one of the last times that somebody ranked the top uh, receivers in Titans history, okay? okay? So we start at number 10. The first name is Brandon Jones. Hey, I so do then love, they had Rashard Matthews at I number love, nine. He was barely even there. There for two years, and he's number nine. Eight is Kendall Wright. Seven is Justin Gage. Six is Kevin Dyson. Five is Kenny Britt. Four is Chris Sanders. Three is Drew Bennett. Two is Nate Washington. And one is Derek Mason. Yeah. Um, I don't disagree. Like, I mean, how like three through like mm-hmm. six, you could probably have arguments for moving some of those guys around. I right. thought Justin Gage – was well here. Uh, yeah. Brandon Jones was a long time ago, but Brandon Jones long was solid. Um, Chris Sanders was a long time ago, but Chris, San- Chris Sanders was solid. Yep. Um, Chris Sanders is seventh in Titans history in touchdowns with 17. Think I mean, about seventh. That. Think seventh. About that. Yep. A.J. Brown already has more than that in two years. He is – he is fourth in yardage. Chris Sanders is with three thousand two hundred eighty-five yards. Dude, that's that's sad. That's sad. sad. The thing I mean, though is, we, hey, we the, we could spin this around for the positive. The Titans are a running back franchise. Yes, they are. They, they are, are the they are the RBU equivalent of the NFL. Facts. Yes. One hundred percent. Yep. Totally agree. So, um, let me ask you this: Were you surprised on what the Titans gave up? No. Was that about what you thought? It is, yeah. I expected either a second and a player or – because when I first saw second – so I saw second and fifth. I totally expected the second. So then Schefter came out with that tweet and said, okay, it can be the fourth or it could be the uh, rounder to go along with the second. My first thought was, okay, it's the second. And I was like, oh, okay, so they didn't trade a player away. So I was kind of maybe expecting a second and a player possibly. But when it came down to the draft picks, I knew that it was going to be somewhere around that mark. So I wasn't necessarily so. What I was surprised about was the Titans got a draft pick in return. That's what I was a little bit more surprised at. One hundred percent, I think so too. I think I bet the draft pick back was John saying, "Yo, I'm taking on a fifteen million dollar salary. Give right. me something back." And a six, you know, he's done well in in, in late late rounds, um, getting some some gems here and there. So. Um, I think getting a player back will, or I'm sorry, getting a pick back was finessing in itself. Right. And, and you mentioned before too, cause you sent us the tweet of said that teams had reached out to the Falcons about possibly the Falcons taking on some of that contract. Right. And you, and you mentioned it to us over text. You're like, yeah, that's, this sounds like John Robinson. And it does. And I think when the Falcons, like, cause you make a great point when the Falcons came back probably and said, no, we can't do that. That's when J Rob was like, okay, well I need something else then. 100%. And I think I think you, I think you make a great point. The Falcons had to pay their draft class, like so. Like the time was on 
their side. Like they had to get it done ASAP to pay Kyle Pitts, to pay everybody else they, they drafted. Right. So um, I, I'm glad it's over with. I'm glad the Titans are the team Man. that did this. Yeah. Um, and we can, we, can, we can now rejoice and uh, talk about how deadly this offense can be for, for podcasts to come. My God. Um, I want to ask you this too. What do you think about Julio's number, number two? I know we talked it's about it's interesting for a long time. Was yeah. you know, we, the debates on Twitter was who uh, AJ would give up number eleven? He would then take number one. Julio could get eleven if you wanted to. Then it was um, Julio. Uh, AJ would keep eleven, and then now what does Julio do? Is he go back to eight, right. like he did in college? Yep. He was eighty-two in high school. What's he gonna do now? Yeah. And then it drops, and he went number two. I want to know where it came from. That's what I'm, I want to know. I'm interested to see. I'm sure that we'll get that first interview with uh, Mike Keith and yeah. uh, Julio Jones, and I'll have a sit down. I'm sure little tights all access. Yeah, 100. percent I'm sure Mike will ask him there. If not, anybody else will. Maybe in a, a, a radio interview. But I'm interested to see because I don't love it, Brett. Can't lie. I'm not a biggest fan of it. Eight would have been right. dope. Yeah. Um, but two has its own little cool look to it. He wanted something different. Hey, yep. it, rem- it reminds me of KD going from 35 to 7. Yeah, yeah, literally. Just something different. That's what it reminds me of. What about what about Kobe going from 8 to 24? Yeah. I mean, so what I, what I do love is the name Tulio. Instead of Tulio. Tulio. So cool. Tulio is so cool. Tulio. So cool, man. Yeah. But, hey, I don't know. Did you see it on Twitter? Do you know who the last player to wear number two was for the Titans? You probably saw this. Sam Sloman. Yeah, yes, sir. The GOAT. The goat Sam. We've had, hey, we've had some studs, man. Sam Sloman. Yeah. Cole McDonald. <laughs> Rob, Ver- Rob Veronis. Yeah, literally, though. But yeah, I know Luke Falk wasn't number two. I'm just saying it off the random name. Yeah. Has, has some studs. Um, so, uh, time up. I think that Rob Veronis deserves the word goat put in front of his name. Facts. Are 100%. Easily. 100%. Probably. No, not probably. He is the best kicker in Titans history. 100%. Easily. Yeah. Him and. Uh, and then you throw Kern in there. I'll tell you what, the Titans special teams history is unbelievable. We've gotten lucky, man. As unbelievable. Of, as of late, uh, the kicking situation hasn't been that, but the punting, mm-hmm. like Kern has held us down for over a decade. For now. years. And then yeah, before dude. that, before that, you had Craig Hendrick. Craig Hendrick, yeah, man. I mean, I mean, and if you I, look, take a look at this too. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I think we've only had two punters in franchise history. Bro, that's, I think so too, because because Kern was in Denver for what, like three years, maybe? Something like that, yeah. And then came over to Nashville. And if you think about it too, a lot of this still stems from the Jeff Fisher era, because if you pay attention, wherever it's kind of odd, but wherever Jeff Fisher went as a coach, the special teams were fantastic because then when he went to the Rams, it's when they had Johnny Hecker and who's still fantastic. And I'm, I forget, uh, and Zerline, Zerline, Greg Zerline, who's still fantastic as well. Yeah. So, and they had the Music City Miracle dialed up and then Craig Hendrick and then Rob Baronis. I mean, wherever he went, it just kind of seemed like the special teams was his thing. But even though now in Nashville, it's still good. Yeah, he's a special teams guru. It is. It is. But he's, I, good at, he's, he's good at that. I mean, hey. Um, and, and was almost Vanderbilt's head coach. That would have been wild. Thank God he wasn't. <laughs> that would have been wild. Yeah, it would have. Um, so I tweeted this out from the account at Second and Victory, again, if you're not following us. And I want to get your thoughts on this, Brett. Um, and I'll say this. There's not a wrong answer here, but I want to see if you had to pick one person. Um, with Julio Jones now being a Tennessee Titan, who does this take the most pressure off of? When you sent this to us, my first thought was, okay, A.J. Brown. That was my first thought. And the only reason I say that is because A.J. Brown necessarily wasn't under pressure yet before the Julio deal because a lot of people are like, hey, what in the world are the Titans going to do? You go from, you go from 
AJ Brown straight to Josh Reynolds, straight to Nick Westbrook Aquina. It's like, hey, what, do you, what are you going to do with the football? And in that case, it makes it so much easier for the defense to be like, hey, if we take AJ out of, the, out of the game, we can crowd the box and take Derek out of the game, we're good to go. And now when you add Julio in there, you're like, okay, now we got to watch Julio. Now we got to watch AJ. And Josh Reynolds could be so good in the slot. I don't remember who it was that on Twitter. They said Josh Reynolds has played both outside and inside. So he has experience everywhere. And with his speed, it can really stretch the field as well or cut across the middle. ASAP Ferk now does not have to run block as much, most likely, when you add somebody in there like Julio. So my first thing, my first thought was AJ, only for the fact that it opens the offense up even more. You name like three guys there, and they're all like right, they're all right answers. Like there's not a wrong, I'm saying there's not a wrong answer here. Right. Um, because it takes so much pressure off of everybody. My answer was AJ as well, um, because the workload that we know that he would have gotten next year, um, the double teams, the the targets, the production. Um, and not to say this, I compared I compared this tight if, if without Julio Jones, I would have compared this Titans offense a lot to the Packers with just Devontae Adams. They got some solid receivers under Devontae Adams, but no stud. Right. No wide receiver, too. Just Alan Lazard, Valdez uh, Scantley, just some, some guys. MBS, yeah. Titans do, too. They would have been Josh Reynolds, NKI. I mean, they, would just, they had some Cam guys. Cam Batson, yeah. They had some guys behind AJ. It's kind of – it's what I compared it to. Yeah. Now – and, and Devontae does this thing year in and year out. I just I, – I, could AJ have How done it, that? I mean, could maybe. A, could, could AJ have done that? I have no idea. We'll never know now. Right. Um, uh, and trust me, hey, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with not having to find out. So yeah. I would have said AJ, but you can also make the argument J-Rob. This takes the most pressure off J-Rob. Yeah. Um, dude had so much heat for not getting a receiver in the draft. He gets Des Fitzpatrick. Okay. But you didn't You didn't go – you didn't take your first pick with him. You didn't take your second pick with him. You didn't take your third pick with him. You even traded back um, your third pick. So this takes a lot of heat off J-Rob for, for swinging for the fences, for telling the entire fan base and the team, no, I'm all in, y'all. I'm, I'm getting the guy y'all want. Um so it took a lot of pressure off him now. You can't say J Rob doesn't make big moves. And you could have said that no. before. You could have said that before this. Um, but now this kind of solidifies that too. So J Rob's a good one. I've seen it from people who tweeted at us. I asked a question on Twitter. Um, Josh Reynolds, because Josh Reynolds had to step up big in year two. I'm sorry, uh, in, for himself as wide receiver two. But now he can kind of fit in that slot role um, and get his targets when he can. Uh, this takes pressure yeah. off F. Anthony Ferkser. This takes pressure off Ty Downing, um, Mike Vrabel. I mean, it takes the pressure off a lot of people now. So, Okay, question. Does it take pressure off of Derrick Henry? Yeah, 100%. Um, I, so. I, 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 did, I don't know. Because this isn't Corey Davis. This isn't a uh, – like, t- Corey, Corey would have been fine with his five to six targets a game. And, and been cool with it, but like you, you got to find Julio. What? You oh my God. Seven, eight, seven, nine eight. times a game? Bro, okay. Imagine what it's going to be like week one if Julio doesn't get five, six targets against the Cardinals. Like if he gets two targets, everybody's going to be like, what's going on? Like, what are we doing? Right. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think, but you're not going to do that with freaking Julio Jones. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, okay. I do love, though, because you mentioned Josh Reynolds. I love that because now he can take on the full-time role of what Adam Humphreys did. So, like, you remember, not this past season, but the season before, how good Adam Humphreys played in that Chiefs game. There was a shootout that was fantastic. Yeah. That's the kind of games I can see Josh Reynolds having. 
at those kind of games where you get six targets and those passes across, not, not necessarily where you have to stretch the field, but maybe where you can stretch it across the middle by 15, 18 yards. I can see Josh Richards or Josh Reynolds, or so, I'm sorry, Josh Reynolds excelling in that uh, across the field. Josh Richardson plays for the Dallas Mavericks, but you get <laughs> We just need Josh Reynolds to be reliable. Yeah. Uh, Humphreys is reliable on those third downs. Um, just catching it, moving the chains. Adam Humphreys made a lot of catches, tough contested catches. He, he made a lot. He made a lot of easy catches look hard as well. Yeah. Um, so we just need Josh Reynolds to be reliable because you know what, wide receiver one, wide receiver two can do now. Okay. Um, yeah. So now, so do you think? Okay. Who do you think wide receiver four is? Say the Titans first first play first play of the season. Say they come out with Derek in the backfield, no tight end set. They come out four wide. What do you look? Obviously, you're going. AJ, Julio, and Josh. Is it Nick? Is it Dez? Is it Racy? Is it Cam? Cam? Cam. I mean, a lot of people don't think Racy's going to make the roster. I think it's just too early to tell. Like, I think right. you got to get these guys to a training camp to figure out if, they, if they're really about it or not. Um, a lot of these late-round draft picks don't make it. Right. Racy McMath was, was almost literally nothing at LSU, but the speed is what, is what entices you to keep him around and see if he's really got something. So, and his name, too. It's just a fun name to say and have on your team. I think um, I think I think Brady Breeze is a is a late round draft pick who has a great chance to make the team though. One hundred percent, dog. One hundred percent. Brady yeah. Breeze was a lot of fun. I watched a lot of Oregon games because my best yeah. friend is a diehard Oregon fan, and uh, I remember the day we drafted Brady Breeze. I called him. I was at a wedding, and um, it was a, it was a Saturday, and I called him. I said, "Dude, the Titans just uh, drafted your boy." He said, "Who?" I said, "Brady Breeze," and he dropped the. Phone. I can hear him drop the phone, and his wife's name is Rachel. He said, "Rachel." <laughs> They drafted Brady Breeze. And so he picked, he picked the phone back up and said, dude, Rachel and I love Brady Breeze. She, thinks he's, she thinks he's hot. I just love him. Yeah. He went to Oregon. But you know, I, yeah. just to go back to your point, I do think, I think so too. I think he's somebody who is a, a smart player, um, physical, and yeah. the Titans could, you know, always use some secondary help. So. And I might've mentioned this before too, but I think that it can be somebody that can take over that Dane Krugshank role. If Dane's going to get more time on the defense, I think that's somebody that's going to take over that kind of special elite, teams, uh, that elite special teams role. Yeah, exactly. That elite no that gunner position for no, sure. No, Dane's pretty solid at that though. He is. That's what I'm saying though. It's so, Dane's thing now. That is Dane's thing. That is Dane's thing. I just didn't, maybe you can have just two elite ones at that because Dane's fantastic at it. So. Um, something else to, to think about. If you factor in Corey Davis's um, most likely third round comp pick, the Titans will get next year. Um, the Titans traded a second for Julio and will probably get a third round pick back for Corey Davis. Yeah. Think yeah. about that. Yeah. It's interesting, man. It's so you, you move back what probably 40, 50 spots yeah. on day two to get Julio Jones and you got rid of Corey Davis. <laughs> I mean, I was, I'm not going to lie. I was shocked at when, when Julio was traded at the Tannehill slander that I saw all on social media. Lot I was actually surprised. A lot of overreactions. A lot of, uh, wow, Julio downgraded at quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Julio wanted to That's go somebody fine. who can throw the deep ball. That's fine. If you don't think that Tannehill can throw the deep ball, I invite you to watch literally the last play of the season when he threw it downfield to win the division. To win the to win the division. So, I mean, that's all you have to. That's all you have to see. And that's just one. Think about the Raiders game. He threw that ball up to to, to AJ to yeah. for that touchdown. There's so many. There's so many think plays. About the, like think about the playoff game, the bomb to Khalif Raymond in Baltimore two years ago. I mean, his, his deep ball was money. It, yeah. you can't you can't make that and claim off though. the play off the play action too. 
And I think that's something else where Julio's going to excel in this offense. They did a lot of that in Atlanta. I think he's just kind of – he's coming into a more well-rounded play-action offense with Derrick Henry. Um, and Derrick Henry, this is no disrespect to Atlanta or their running backs, but Derrick Henry is somebody who is much easier and better to run the play-action with than Edo Smith as your running back. Yeah, the starting position. Thanks. So. Then I'll just off topic for a second, but – do you think Todd Gurley has a job this year? Because he got benched for Edo Smith last year. Yes, I just don't know where. Um, it could be as easy as a uh, starting or, uh, a starting running back or a uh, backup running back getting hurt in training camp. Detroit's interested. I mean, so Todd Gurley still's got it. Yeah, he he can still play. He, that arthritis, should, he, that arthritis is just killing him. He should not be a free agent by any means. No. Um, but maybe he has offers. Maybe he's just waiting for the right right opportunity. I have no idea. I haven't, yeah, no. I haven't seen much about – You got the Todd, bag, though. I mean, Todd Gurley's sure, doing so. no yeah. doubt. Todd Gurley single-handedly won me my fantasy league in 2018. He was lethal. Bro. Lethal. Won me a lot of money. There's a game – I don't know if you remember this or not. There's a game where they were beat – I believe it was the Packers. They were playing in L.A. Um, at the Coliseum, and Todd Gurley could have ran one in, but he died at the, at the goal yeah. line. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Dog. Because of that, I won like eight hundred bucks. I'll never, I'll, I'll never forget it. I was at a uh, restaurant called Jefferson's in Murfreesboro, um, and the game was on. It was an afternoon game. We were getting there for dinner, and I remember keeping up with them on my phone. We get there, and it's on TV, and he dies at the goal line. And I'm like, that's it. <laughs> They're out of timeouts. There's the a Rams- small game. The Rams win. I just won money. I couldn't. It was one of the greatest stories oh. ever. So that's when you became a Todd Gurley stand then. Yeah, huge. Die hard. <laughs> yeah. um, to talk about it, too, let's talk about A.J. Brown for a second and, and what this means to him in particular. We know how long he recruited. We know how long he's idolized A.J. Brown. He's got so a picture long. of A.J. Brown. Oh, my God. Julio Jones <laughs> in his locker. Um, why? It's because he looks at that every day and says, I'm going to work harder than you. I'm going to outwork Julio Jones because I know he's doing it. I have to yep. outwork him. I'm yep. never going to let Julio Jones outwork me. So to now to have his idol as his teammate, oh my what gosh. do you think that's going to do for him? Dude, he warmed up in a game wearing a Julio Jones jersey. And Chris, Chris mentioned it too, who's on a well-deserved vacation. He texted yep. us. He texted us and mentioned, he said, imagine – what AJ Brown is feeling like when they weren't when they didn't draft your best friend Elijah Moore, but they drafted yeah. your literal idol in Julio Jones. Like, bro, that would be like me being able to play in the Masters with Tiger Woods. Hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? That'd be like you going to ball out with David Ortiz or something like that at yeah. Fenway Park. I mean, bro, AJ is literally on cloud nine right now, and he is probably I don't know if he's blowing up Julio's phone because AJ doesn't seem AJ seems like or I know AJ is a very respectful guy. Because if you remember, he looked at maybe being number one and told Warren Moon, like, hey, I can't do that to you because of how good you were. AJ is such a respectful guy that he's going to ask Julio all the right questions at the right time because AJ loves football and he loves to learn because he wants to be one of the best. And I think that Julio knows that as well. He's idolized him forever. Want to be just like him growing up in college. Uh, comes in the league wearing his number. Uh, establishes himself as one of the best young wide receivers, and then now gets the opportunity to play alongside him and and, and literally be a um, sponge. Yeah, and just learn from Julio because you know Julio's now he is handing the torch off to AJ Brown. One hundred percent, dog. This league is yours. Take yeah. it. I want to give you everything I know and take it. Yeah, 
bro because like when a lot of times when people meet celebrities they would they're what you call starstruck as everybody yeah. knows they're like they're like hey man i don't i don't know how to talk to this person i don't know what i'm supposed to do based off social media that's literally what aj was like he's like dog because aj to a lot of people is obviously he is a superstar but he's that guy that when people see in public they're like hey man that's aj brown AJ looks at Julio and's like, "Hey, dog, that's that's Julio Jones. They're in the same league, but I think that tells you how elite Julio Jones is because AJ and Julio know each other, and AJ still like, "Hey, dog, that's Julio Jones. Like to AJ, that's that guy that gives you those butterflies when you see them in the public, and the fact that now they're gonna probably gonna have loggers next to each other and their teammates. There is no telling how good this could be for AJ Brown. It, it still seems surreal, Brett. It like, does. I, it's not. It I'm does. not. I'm not going to actually feel feel like Julio's a titan until he's like at mini camp or, or, at, or at training camp. When like you actually see in like three weeks, pads in a helmet, yeah. wearing the like, number two, catching yeah. balls. My my brother texted me uh, on Monday and then like again on Tuesday. He was like, he's like, dude, I still can't believe it. No, like I still can't believe it. And bro, he and he we wouldn't have even texted the whole day and all I would get a, I would get I would get a random text like three in the afternoon. And all I would say is I still can't believe it. I had a few friends who actually bought season tickets because of this. Really? Yeah. Wow. Hey, that was a great marketing job by the Titans, by the way. Yeah. Because as soon as it was mentioned, they threw up the season tickets all over social media. That's a fantastic marketing job have by to. them. Have, have to. to. Well, and, and it worked. And it worked. Yeah, look absolutely. Your, look at your exactly. buddies. So yeah. I mean hey, imagine though, imagine. Nissan Stadium, full capacity, week one, and Julio scores a touchdown. No, it's going imagine. to erupt. Oh, my gosh. Erupt. Now, now imagine if they win with Derek going for 120, Julio scoring, AJ, eight catches. Like, bro, Nashville will be buzzing like it hasn't buzzed in a long time. That's something we'll dive into in a later podcast, kind of like what, of course. what the actual offense is going to look like. Of course. How many care? Like, I – I think something else that the reason Julio wanted to, to come to Tennessee is that he just wanted to win. This is a winning yeah. culture now, winning franchise. Like, I don't even – I know we just talked about it. Like, he's got to get his eight, nine catches a game, uh, targets a game. But, like, at the same time, yo, if he gets three three targets and, and Derek runs for 220 he's in, happy. A win, in a win, everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. Um, yeah. So, the draft, the, the you know, for us fantasy lovers and, and fantasy owners, like, drafting Titans offense players this year is going to be really weird. Like, Dude. who who – who do you draft? Uh, bro, like, did you out all of them? <laughs> yeah. All of them. And there's going to be so many Titans fans now that just draft. They'll just, they'll, they'll just, because a lot of times in fantasy leagues, people are like, oh, you're just drafting your team. <laughs> this year, you could probably make a case for it to it's say a it's a great okay. case. For it. Yeah, 100%. Like, I'm drafting my own team. Five years ago, we were like, yeah, Delaney Walker, he's the best tight in the league. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you, had, you had to, but now it's just like, you got AJ uh, Brown, you have Julio Jones, and you have Derek Henry, yeah. Ryan Tannehill. I mean, hard to believe, man. We've, we've come a long way, Brett. Bro, and I think that's one thing, too, because some people on social media, too, are still like, man, the Titans. Like, I still, and maybe I think I might know why, but some people are still like, man, the Titans, but the Titans aren't too far removed from going five and 27 in a, in a two year series. So I think that when you mentioned the Titans are a winning culture now, they are but I just don't know if it's resonated with the rest of the league yet because those losing seasons were so close. And I think like you said perfectly, not too long ago, this organization was, was struggling, you know, on the field. So when you look at it now, it's in a great position. Yep. 100%. Um, last thing I want to talk to you about is 
the comparisons of receivers getting traded late in their career, um, I'm more so referring to Terrell Owens and Randy Moss. Have you seen those those numbers that they put up late in their career? They're both traded around about 30 years old. Yes, Un- and, unbelievable. And they went on to be all, all pros the year after. Um, can Julio be an all pro in, in this next year? Yeah. It's tough to say, can man. He, t- it, yeah, I, I, like can – is the potential there? Yeah, but I mean, well, I have no idea. Because I also don't think that. The, I'm interrupt you. I'm sorry. I don't think the offenses that Randy Moss and uh, Terrell Owens played for were as potent as this one. Like they, they didn't have no. a Derrick Henry. They didn't have an AJ Brown. Um, nope. That that team Randy played for, I think, was the undefeated team. But like you had Tom Brady, who was. At the pinnacle of his career at the time, it was. It was just. It was just a solid ran team. Um, yep. So I, I, I don't think he gets. Be, he's an all pro. T.O. catching ball. Tony Rome. Right. Exactly. But they. I mean, they put up over a thousand yards. I think over twelve hundred yeah. yards. Um, I, I, I think Julio can easily do that. I think they're going to give Julio enough targets to do that. Of course. So okay, I have a, a rebuttal question. Talking about Julio being an all pro. Do you think adding Julio to the team, do you think that makes it easier for AJ to possibly become an all-pro? Yeah. I, mean, I think I think I'm, I'm telling you, it, it takes it takes attention off each one. Like it does. If, even and I'd say I, I was thinking about this too. If let's say Julio is hurt for a game or two, let's say AJ's down for a game or two, like I'm still comfortable with the offense then. Yes. Because you have one or other to pick up. Now, without Julio Jones. And then AJ Brown gets hurt. Then I'm I'm, I'm very worried uh, because then Josh Reynolds is your number one. Yeah, and just yeah. It, like that's the thing. Like now that you have a a solidified perennial superstar Hall of Fame receiver, you're not as worried about the injury bug. Knock on wood. Titans have been very healthy as right. of late. Yeah, Everybody's been very healthy as of late. Um, I'll tell you what, San Francisco's already getting it again though. Yeah. They they get they get bit every single year. Hundred percent. They every gave. I remember, I remember they gave Jarek McKinnon the bag a few years ago, and they didn't even play up down for like until his third year. Nope. Yeah, yeah. I felt both. Okay, so my my last question, real quick. So the Titans obviously had to free up some space in the cap room, which they did, and they freed up a little bit more than what some might have expected. Do you expect another signing to happen, and probably on the defensive side, if it's done, or do you what? What do you see, or do you think it's just freeing up the room? My hope is a, another pass rusher. Yeah. Um, we talked about it before. Melvin Ingram and uh, Justin Houston are still out there. I prefer Houston just because of his productivity the last few years. Melvin's mm-hmm. been hurt. Um, but, I mean, you're talking about both of those guys are pro bowlers. Yeah. Um, so, I think getting another pass rusher would be the key. I think the Titans have six mil, something like that to spend now. Six or eight, yeah. Something like that. And, and as the days go on, the price tags for those guys get cheaper. So yes. do you do you wait until mid-July to sign one of those guys? Do you wait until right before training camp to sign one of those guys? I think I would rather go – because I think the conversation on Titans Twitter right now is defense, pass rusher, or a tight end. Yeah. And you're not going to go trade for a tight end. You're not going to get Zach or something like that. Not, not at this point. You go sign a, you go sign a, a tight end for, for, uh, for depth or yeah. you go sign a pass rusher. So Exactly, yeah. I, my, my guess would be pass rusher for sure. Hope so, at least. Yeah, and and if they if they don't, you know, I think I'm at the point now to where I'm I'm probably I'm I'm comfortable with it, but uh, I 
obviously enough pass you can't ever be hurt with too many pass rushers and especially when it's names like melvin ingram and justin houston is it can always be a, a I'm, I'm comfortable but it, it can definitely happen for sure 100 100 well brett to, to wrap this up man listen the titans have julio jones Yes, they sir. Have AJ Brown. They have yes, Derek Henry. They have Taylor Lewan coming back. They have Ryan Tannehill. I mean, this offense, it has the possibility of, of being the best offense in Titans history. And we're Dude, that's saying something. Because look at last year. Dude, you go picture this from left to right. You got AJ outside, Josh Reynolds right there. Then you go Taylor Lewan, Roger Saffold, Ben Jones, Nate Davis, who is very underrated, by the way. Yeah. And let's say at right tackle, let's just say Raidens gets the start. Then you go on the outside again. There's Julio. Then you got ASAP Ferk on the end, Tannehill, and Henry. That is a stud of an offense. I know who I'm using in Madden. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. I know who I'm using as well. Thanks. Madden 22, go ahead and come on out. No doubt. Man, we still need a cover athlete. I figured mm-hmm. it'd, be, it'd be Derek, but I guess I not. I thought too. I don't know. At this point, I don't know, man. Oh, well. Still, yeah. I don't know. It could be as long as there's knock on wood, no, no Madden curse. So, For sure. All right, so make sure you guys listen to the Second and Victory podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure you get us on Twitter at Second and Victory. Uh, Chris will be back next week. For Brett Bachelor. my name is Austin Nelson. We appreciate the support. Tighten up. Tighten up.